can everyone make sure that their PDPs are completed by the end of the term? Okay, welcome everybody to another week of Teacher Leaks. We have our one and only Ralph Wonsdale in the studio today. How are you going, Ralph? Uh, pretty good, mate. Uh, it's a pleasure being back on the podcast. Uh, it's been an interesting few weeks being in lockdown, but uh, hopefully we uh, move on pretty soon and get out again. So It has been a strange time, Ralph. It has been a strange time. I think your your audio is cutting in a bit out, in and out there, because obviously we are in different locations. Katie Alamein away today on her coronavirus sabbatical, but um, you've been keeping healthy, uh, Ralph. Uh, Yes and no. I've been drinking a lot more beer than I usually would, so I'm at home drinking a few beers. But I will say this: I've been watching that uh, Michael Jordan uh, basketball documentary and. it's actually brought back a lot of memories for me from the 90s because um, it was quite big, the Chicago Bulls back then, and uh, I knew them all. And watching the documentaries brought back a lot of memories, and I actually went out and uh, bought a basketball and uh, been shooting a few hits and uh, been really excited. But I think I, uh, I, I think I pushed it a bit hard. I think I screwed your rotator cuff up in your right shoulder. I'm in a lot of pain at the moment. So. You're trying to be like <laughs> Mike, mate. You're trying to be like Mike. Hey? You're trying to be like... Oh, mate, I'll tell you, it is contagious and infectious, um, Michael Jordan's, um, the aura that surrounds him. Like, you know, how old have I been? I would have been in my mid-teens in the 90s. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was was a massive thing back then. And it's just rekindled a little uh, interest I've had in the NBA. I've sort of followed it on and off over the decades or whatever but uh yeah it's actually really inspired me to actually go out and you know just shoot a few baskets at the half court around the corner so well, um that's the power of michael jordan i suppose it's it's interesting you should say that mate because um as you know i come from a basketball background and jordan yeah. was my absolute hero growing up and if i watch what he was able to do the thing that amazes me is that he didn't incur more injuries than he did. For a guy to have the leap and jump that he had and the, and the way he, come to, he came down, it's so easy to stand on someone's ankle, land the wrong way, twist your knee. But, you know, I think if you look at the course of his career, there weren't that many big-time injuries. I know he had a foot injury early on. Yeah, I was about to say, um, he had that foot injury, I think, where what was he allowed to do, um, play about seven minutes or something, um, a match, is that right? Like he was training a couple of hours or whatever. They yeah, they were limiting his game time. Yeah, yeah you're, you're right. Like uh, he, quite a lot of longevity. So um, amazing guy, really. So anyway, yeah. that's what I've been up to. I've been shooting a few hoops and uh, singing a few cans as well. So uh, <laughs> sort of counterbalancing the good fitness I've put myself through. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, one other interesting stat that came from that is, uh, I suppose, Nike, basically him taking a punt on Nike. And they, I think they're aiming for, what, correct me if I'm wrong, 36 million in sales. It was like 10 times that amount. It was some astounding. Yeah, it was. Um, I think, because I saw that episode last night, I think it was uh, 120. They budgeted to sell 
10, I think, uh, million dollars worth of shoes with his name on it. And I think they sold about $120 million worth of shoes in the first year or something. Or so I could be wrong with those figures, but it's something like that. So, um, and he didn't even want to go to them. So, um, that certainly paid off for him that punt. Hey, now listen, Ralphie, just to, just to go on a different course of action, and it could quite happen to us again here. We, 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 we're victims of our own um, subject we will talk today, lack of knowledge here, and we recorded an episode. We thought it was a sensational episode, our second episode of Teacher Leaks, only to find out we didn't have the microphones turned on for the whole five <laughs> session. <laughs> Listeners, if you don't want to see a couple of young men cry, uh, we are go-to people. This was a sensational, ripping episode. Uh, only to find we haven't got the mics on now. We're trying to do this remotely, and there is a good chance that we've done it again, but you won't know about it because we won't be able to bring it to you anyway. <laughs> I tell you, mate, if the mics aren't on this time, this is it. I'm not coming back to the podcast. I'll start my own bloody podcast, mate. Like, I'll leave the Freddie podcast, then I'll start my own because that was gold the last podcast we did. And uh, I was devastated way. when you said the next day on the microphone and on. So I was like, what the hell? Well, actually, we're right. We're just using the computer mics, which uh, was very poor quality. Well, this could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The teacher Leaks might prove to be a one episode wonder. But anyway, mm. we've also no, had. We've also had some calls about what the hell's our start about with um, the, the, the screaming. Well, uh, Ralphie was just talking about Jordan in the 90s. We go back and wind back even a few years before that to the 70s. You had uh, comedians like Cheech and Chong with a, a very famous character called Sister Mary Elephant. And uh, the, the start of our intro is actually Sister Mary Elephant uh, yelling at her class. So get on yeah, well, this song. And look this up this is probably more, it's probably more your ear, to be brutally honest with you, Fred. I mean, um, <laughs> oh, I'm, a, I'm a bit younger than you. I'm not a, a young young man, but I'm a bit younger than you. And it's probably a little bit out of my era. I do remember watching um, Welcome Back, Cotton. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket. But I used to race home from school to watch that when I was younger. I thought that was pretty funny, but... Uh, yeah, the other stuff, yeah, it's probably a little bit out of my time, unfortunately, but uh, I'll take your word for it that it's funny, so. <laughs> Basketball games, an absolute classic. You like my eyes. Just a very elephant there in the intro with the Who's uh, version um, of Who Are You on Jimmy Fallon. But anyway, Ralph, we got a fair bit of flack from our first episode, mate. Would you believe it? We thought we were on par, on course, on song. And we've had some people, um, I've got a letter here, people writing into us. I'm not sure how they write into us because we don't even know our address. So I'm not sure how we got them. So they're to us somehow. Um, well, the word's out there already, eh? Yeah, look, we're gonna, apparently we're going to have to tone down this episode. They, they thought we went too hard too early and banged a few heads um, and it wasn't quite That's, warranted. Um, but this, this, what the, what the, come on. I'll, I'll read you this letter, Alfie. Uh, it said, uh, "Did teacher, did teacher leaks? Um, I have uh, have some compassion for us parents. I can't help it if I got pregnant at fifteen and sent a link cut off. Cut me off. Is this what I have to buy all my sickies and grog on 150 bucks a week? What else do you want me to do?" <laughs> Sign Shazza. Good job, do that, lady. What, what's your response to Shazza? 
What are they upset about? Like, really? I mean, you know, we're, we're just calling it like it is. I mean, we can sit here and, uh, you know, you know, um, spout content that's false. But, you know, I'm not really about that. I'm more about what I see is what I say. And, um, you know, if they don't like it, too bad. Turn off. Well, I think I think they think we're being too harsh on the people within the education system, Ralph. But we're just calling it how we see it. And this well, person, that's, the education system is also a parent and thinks we just went too hard on parents. Yeah, well, you know, the reality is there are some parents that um, do need a swift foot up the arse. And if they don't like it, it's not my problem. I don't care. Well, it's, it actually leads us, segues nicely, uh, Ralphie, into our theme for this week. Our, our theme really was looking at a thing called the Dunning-Kruger effect. Now, mm. this is alive and well in society as a whole, but it's absolutely yeah. rampant in schools. We know that. Now, I'm just mm. going to read to you for those out there who don't know what the Dunning-Kruger Yeah, I was going to say, like, there'd be a significant uh, part of our audience that might not know what that is, like, that previous parent that ran in or um, wrote in or whatever it was. So, well, this is um, this, this is the definition. For their benefit, maybe read the definition out. Okay, mate. Sorry to, to jump over you there, but this is this is the definition that I have found, it's, and it's a fairly common definition. Uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect is a type of cognitive bias in which people believe that they are smarter and more capable than they really are. Actually. <laughs> Low ability people do not possess the skills needed to recognise their own incompetence. <laughs> the combination of poor self awareness and low cognitive cognitive ability leads them to overestimate their own capabilities. I think the problem with people like this is that they are so stupid that they have no idea how stupid they are. You see, if you're very very stupid, how can you possibly realise? that you're very, very stupid. You'd have to be relatively intelligent to realise how stupid you are. Now, listeners... That could apply to us, mate. <laughs> well, funny you should say that, Ralph, this because... this podcast is better than it is? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny you should say that, uh, Ralph, because uh, subheading number seven, who was affected by the Dunning-Kruger effect, it says, we all are! <laughs> <laughs> All of us operate at a level of the Dunning-Kruger effect where we think we know more than we actually do. Mm, mm. But well, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that would be a true statement, wouldn't it? I mean, we all think, we all like to think we know a lot, don't we? Well, we do. We do. But transferring this to the workplace, um, mm. which news? Oh, well, that's... Have you ever known anyone in your workplace that is school that suffers from a severe case of the Dunning-Kruger effect. <laughs> well, listen, mate, um, you know, I, I, the Dunning-Kruger effect I've seen um, in schools that I've worked from the top all the way down to the bottom. So I've seen principals that um, have shown that sort of quality all the way down to graduate teachers that have just come straight out of uni. And I actually think they're probably the worst ones, the graduate teachers. And um, I just think over time, they've come out of university um, as the years have gone on, more and more arrogant um, year after year. And I don't ever recall 
graduate teachers being like that. Um, graduate teachers used to come out, be respectful, listen to um, experienced teachers more, work with them. And I've just found probably over the last five to 10 years, graduate teachers that come out now are very, well, there's nothing wrong with being confident, but they're, I think they're overly confident. And they think, in my experience anyway, they think they know more than people who've been teaching 10, 15, 20, even 25 years. And that can be a real problem within schools. Is that though, uh, Ralphie, a societal thing? And, and if so, what causes it? Because I know just Steve at, um, I was speaking to someone from a local footy club the other day, he was a coach and said, you just can't believe that some of these younger guys don't want to listen to the wisdom and experience of someone a bit older. Now, I know, look, we've all, we've all gone through that, but the general anecdotal evidence is that it's getting worse, that younger people, in your, your point, um, teaching graduates think they know it all before they... Mm. Uh, well, I think you're right. Um, we live in a society now where it's instant gratification, isn't it, for everything. So wherever you look, people want it and they want it now. Right, and I think you can apply that to teaching. So, instead of coming out, starting a few years, um, your first few years, um, working with an experienced teacher, getting a grip on your own class, right? Not even worrying about what else is going on in the school. Learning your teaching craft within your classroom, um, and then maybe advancing up the ladder to you know team leaders and things like that i've just seen uh, graduate teachers that come out and they want to become leading teachers first day out the door and i just think it's um um yeah really indicative of what you were saying like society it's instant gratification and the real issue comes when principals enable that sort of behavior okay and they might say things like it's good they come out of uni with new ideas and they're motivated and I agree with that there's nothing wrong with that but you know it gets back to that Dunning-Kruger effect there are a lot of things within teaching and schools that they don't know and um, they're unaware of that they don't understand that fact and then that's when they start to fall into trouble and they start putting their colleagues offside. So to be fair, Ralphie, you know, you, you alluded to how old I am. And if I go back to when I first entered the teaching profession, uh, promotion was based entirely on seniority. You got a number, your, your TO number, and you basically worked up the ranks on that seniority. Now, same thing. It was not a foolproof system. You had people who were quite old that had poor skill sets or whatever, who were simply in positions because of that seniority. So it did not reward effort and did not reward people with aspirations. So that's totally flipped now. It's totally the other way. Seniority, as you say, doesn't well, count so much, but where, where is the, the perfect system? Neither, neither. I agree with you. Like I've always been critical of, um, um, progression in the teaching industry like um, you know you work you do your job year after year you get your little salary increment after the year then the next year you get another salary increment and then after 10 years or whatever you're at the top of the pay scale and then where do you go and blah 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 and there's really no from my um, perspective there is really no um, outlet for high achieving teachers to go further or to be rewarded more significantly than 
the rest of the teaching um, cohort or whatever you want to call it. But there is a difference between rewarding capable people and rewarding people um, that aren't. Okay, and I just reckon um, there are a lot of instances where that's happened. I, I can rattle off quite a few um, cases, I reckon, where that's happened. And, you What's know, the solution, um, though, Ralph? It's one thing for us well, to kind of present the problems, but do we have a solution, Ralph? I can see people sitting there now going, these guys are all right at sticking the boot in, but have they got a workable solution? Have you got any ideas? Well, the... The teaching, I, I don't know, that's a really tough question. So I, I think the teaching um, industry is quite a insular industry where there's no experts from outside. I'm not talking about teaching experts. I'm talking about people that can run an organisation, okay? So if you actually look at the average school, who's the principal? Former teachers, right? Well, we are what experience does a teacher have? And what I experience, think- like I consider a now as a teacher, I've got no experience in recruitment. I've got no experience in um, global budgets for schools. I've got no experience in um, developing, um, well, I do have experience developing relationships because I do that every day with my students and, and family. And, but that's an excellent point you make, Ralph. Families. It's, it's an excellent what I'm saying is you've got teachers running schools, but they're not experts in running an organisation. And until you do that, you're always going to have issues where these principals make the wrong decisions. And they, one of those decisions could be they enable those incapable people to advance through the system. So are you alluding then to the answer should be, and I think we have to draw the delineation here between the private school sector to the public, because I believe yeah. the private school system does make use of that. You have lots of principals, et cetera, running schools that come from a management or administrative background, but then maybe not have the educational now, and that's a criticism too in those areas. But mm. from what I can tell from what you're saying, you're advocating bringing in more uh, expertise to make decisions in certain areas. Because at the end of the day, we do have people effectively rising to the level of incompetence. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, you know, um, uh, that's a good point you made about drawing a, uh, a line between state schools and private schools because um, private schools obviously have a little bit more scope to hire and fire than what a state school probably does. Um, but, you know, in terms of expertise from a state school's point of view, um, you really can't get those experts in to run a school. Okay, now if, if, if a school was um, run if, like a company, right, I can guarantee to you that there'd be a lot of schools out of business, wouldn't there? Well, I think, I think you've got quite a schools, schools running deficits. So. Yeah, I'm not even just talking about that. I'm just, I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about budgets, human resources, all that stuff, knowledge, okay, knowledge, actual knowledge about curriculum and how to actually um, teach kids. There's so many areas. Marketing. And marketing is a massive one. Okay. Marketing's a huge one, mate. Like if you can't get marketing down, but the, the, in defense of principles though, I will say this, they're not trained in marketing. They might get a little couple of one or two PDs here and there or whatever it is. Maybe they don't, I don't know, but um the end of the day, they're not an advertising expert. 
all right? And if you can't market your school properly, how are you going to get people through the door, right? And that's, um, we've had this conversation many times. That's probably your key um, success indicator. How many kids are coming through the school? How, what's your population doing over time? Is it stagnating? Is it declining or is it improving? And if it's um, stagnating or declining, then you're not marketing your school correctly or you haven't got the right systems in place for your school to succeed. Which brings me to a story. I've always loved, loved this story of the um, principal that was appointed to a small school. And I think it probably illustrates what we're talking about, the Dunning-Kruger effect on a couple of levels. And a mm. principal years ago was appointed to the country school. And I'm talking years ago, it was probably early 70s. Um, the school population. Oh, okay. It's a fair while ago. Yeah, 20 or 30. But, you know, he got his promotion to the country school. Whether he had the skills or not to run the country school, I don't know. But in those days, principals in small schools were paid an additional um, commission to handle the cleaning of the school or whatever. So this principal put his hand up to get paid the extra five, you know, ten bucks a week to clean the school, and that involved cleaning the toilets and everything as well. And the country school wasn't sewered; it all had the old shit pans, etc. So. <laughs> This guy's what, in the 70s. What, in the 70s? They were doing this I, in the 70s, right? Oh, I think it could have been late 60s for all I know. I just no, I'm just like, it, it could be. I don't know. Like, um, anyway, I wasn't even paid, born, so I don't know. <laughs> he's paid extra to take on the extra, the, the further responsibilities of the school. And yeah. so the principal had the, perf the, this, the great idea that he would, he was getting paid 10 bucks extra. He'd, he'd palm the job off to the five sixes, a uh, few five six boys for five bucks a week. And he's mate pocketing five bucks and not having to do anything else. So this this guy was pretty pretty ambitious and and thought he had it all sussed. Um, until one day he was sitting at his desk and on a Friday afternoon and looked out of his principal office window at the beautiful country landscape and, and noted a another sorry noted a couple of preps staggering across the grounds with a with a can of Shit, basically. Oh, no. Fucked all over him. So, oh, no one can. And he's jumped up and rushed down with two little preps carrying the can of shit. And oh, they were just covered in it. And as it turned out, the five sixes had passed the job on down to the grade three fours and given them 250 and their pocketed 250. And the three fours had passed the job down on the preps and got them to do it 50 cents and their pocketed oh, right. So, yeah. <laughs> the net effect was the uh, the principal had a really big PR job to sell while the preps are covered in shit to the parents. Oh fucking! Oh, but well, thought he'd come oh, up with oh, a this, solution. But sounds like it. Yeah, but but didn't quite uh, didn't quite mm. work. But right. look, this is obviously a really big area that could be explored further. And I I think um, you know there's some really good things to. Maybe we, we dig further in coming episodes and maybe we have some listeners to uh, teacher leaks jump in and, you know, the state system, why do we yeah. have these sort of things happening and why do we have people yeah. who have no expertise in certain areas and expect them through a couple of PDs to get that expertise? Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, it's only an opinion, obviously, but, um, you know, you can only speak to what you've seen, so... Definitely get some people to email us in or um, 
write us a letter or whatever. And... I'll just read you the end, uh, Ralph, of off this um, Dunning-Kruger synopsis. And the, the reality is that everyone is susceptible to the phenomena, they say. In fact, most mm. of us probably experience with surprising regularity. People who are genuine experts in one area may mistakenly believe that their intelligence and knowledge carry over into other areas in which they are less familiar. Um, a brilliant scientist, for example, might be a very poor writer. I think we see this uh, a lot with celebrity endorsements. And oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the person doesn't yeah. believe they have the expertise, but it's sold to us yeah. that they have that expertise. Yeah. Um, and being able to identify that you don't have the knowledge when you know that you have the knowledge is part of the effect. So, people who saw the lowest in percentiles of tests of grammar, humour and logic also tended to dramatically overestimate how well they performed in these test scores. So, what was that? so if, you, if you're, what was that about grammar, humour and logic? What was it? Well, basically again? in their testing, they found that people who yes. scored low in that all also overestimated how well they had performed. Yeah. So, you know, mm. people who think they have the skills in certain areas usually don't have the skills because they can't identify yeah. where they're lacking yeah. in those skills. Yeah. Anyway, Ralphie, which brings us on to our um, our first segment today. And this is a new segment yeah. after one round of segment? this segment. And um, yeah. you were doing some research and came across the <laughs> BIT reports. Now, this is oh, absolute gold, Ralphie. We had to. I, I tell you, I, like just in my spare time, uh, <laughs> we have a lot of, mind you. I've got a lot of spare time, and just in my spare time, I, I, I you know, I just like to surf the uh, internet or whatever, and just look at random little things. And uh, I rarely look, I rarely look at teaching stuff in my spare time. But I did happen to come across a very interesting website. And it's run by VIT. I don't know what you want to call this segment. Do you want to call this segment um, Dodgy Teachers or something like that? <laughs> or... Dodgy Teachers. Yeah, no, because I'll tell you what, there's a hell of a lot of dodgy teachers <laughs> out there. And, um, you know, some of the stories uh, are quite humorous with these dodgy teachers. I don't know if you want to call it that or not or something else. But We'll, uh, we'll, we'll come up with a name this week. We'll call it the VIT I, Report. The VIT Report. The v oh, I like that. The VIT Report. That's pretty good. You could get some theme music like a news yeah, report in or I'll something. I'll find something, just report that'll be fantastic for the next podcast but i did happen to come across on the vit website a very uh well i thought it was a humorous story and uh i'll ask you this have you ever taken a day off work where you weren't crook oh i'll go back oh you've really you ever taken yes yes i have i'll ask you this hang on i'll ask you this freddie have you ever taken a day off work when you weren't crook, as in Chuck Dasicki? Have I? Oh, no, definitely Chuck Dasicki. I, I remember very early on in my teaching career, Alfred, uh, sorry, I can't always keep calling you my name. Ralphie, um, I yeah. went skiing. Well, I was, I was a school in the country, I went skiing, and I, and I came back the next day, and the principal just looked at me, and he was an older guy, and I had the suntan from the goggles and everything. From the 
and I think the day before I said I'd have a stomach ache or whatever, and I just thought, he just looked at me and laughed and said, oh, hope you're feeling better, mate. Well, I think that principal probably knew what you were up to. And, uh, well, the reason I asked you that, like, we've all taken a sick day here and there. I mean, it's a great Aussie tradition. It's probably a worldwide tradition, if we're honest. And um, I was um, surfing the web, and I did come to the VIT website, and I happened to stumble across disciplinary actions that had um, happened to various dodgy teachers around uh, the state of Victoria, our great state of Victoria. And there is a young fella, his name's Carmelo Tarasquio, and I'm allowed to say that name because it is on a public website. It's not behind a locked um, username or password, so I can say that name. It's Carmelo Tarasquio. And he was maybe he's listening. Go on. Maybe he's well, listening. he might be listening. No, I'll tell you what, if you're listening, Carmelo, give us a call after or an email. Send it, drop us an email after this podcast, and we'd love to have you in to talk to you about this because this is a gold story as far as I'm concerned. I'd right love to actually have a chat. I'd love to have a beer with this bloke. He's a dodgy bastard, but I'd love to have a beer with him. They're often the best. We need a trophy. We need a trophy. Oh, that's a fantastic idea. We get the dodgy. You know what? We'll name it the Carmelo Tarasquio trophy. <laughs> the dodgiest teacher each week. We'll name it after him. And I'll, I'll tell you what. At the, the Carmelo. The, the Carmelo. At the end of the, the, the Carmelo. The Carmelo yellow. And at the end of the story, I've got the perfect trophy that we could have. Okay. I won't tell you right. what it'll be, but we'll wait till the end of the story. We, we want Carmelo so his next week. Give his version. Carmelo. Well, I'll tell you what. I'd love to talk to him. So this, this, this guy, Carmelo. He was um, working in a high school, I think it was, as a maths teacher, okay? And I've just got my notes here. So the principal, the principal was becoming concerned about Carmelo's performance and his ability to balance his teaching and his sports interests, um, which was taekwondo. And around June of 2008, um, he had to have a um, discussion um, with Carmelo, um, early term four, about his performance. And um, basically, he had been taking too much time off to go and um, um, participate in taekwondo events and such. And the principal sat him down and just said, look, your, your performance really isn't that great compared to the other teachers on staff. You, you, your mind seems to be elsewhere. You're not really performing. You need to make a choice. What do you want to do? And um, he responded kindly. Said, "Well, I've decided that teaching is my career, and it must receive my top priority." However, the deputy principal of the school, he said that Kamala had requested sick leave from him from the 17th to the 27th of November, which was nine school days, and that the discussion took week at around late November. So Kamala said, "Look, I need this time off. I'm, I need to have my knee." worked on it needs a bit of a clean out or whatever and um i'm really struggling i need the time off so camelo had done his knee camelo had done his knee right well he's obviously he's a taekwondo um champion or whatever the hell mate he's just a fighter he's out there and he's He's at a roundhouse yeah he's copped something to his knee and he needs a bit of a operation on it or whatever and so the deputy principal said well You've got to give us a medical certificate to cover the nine-day period, which I think is, you know, fair enough. But um, the teacher didn't have that, obviously, at the time, and he got it at the end of the period, the nine-day period, and he gave him a certificate 
but it only covered from the 17th to the 21st. So it wasn't that nine day period, right? And he was not given a certificate for the 22nd to the 27th of November. So um, he initially requested those nine days, but he only got a few, right? And he informed the principal that he would just have the remaining four days off um, unpaid sick leave. So he goes, yeah, I'll just have unpaid sick leave or whatever. That deputy principal had been, um, he, well, he'd been pulled aside by another teacher in the school. And that teacher said to him that um, Carmelo, he'd been not having surgery at all, but um, he'd actually gone to Canada. Right? So this is a Victorian teacher and he was actually in Canada and he was competing in um, the World Taekwondo Championships for Australia. Hang on, Carmelo. Carmelo said he's got a rooted knee, and he's actually in Canada competing. He's got a rooted knee, right? Well, this is what the, this is what the, this is what's alleged, right? Can someone dob him in. Yeah, so he's being ratted out basically. So he got away with it. Carmelo got away with it, right? But this teacher's done him in, right? And he's gone to the the boss, the deputy boss, and he's gone. Well, you know, you gave this guy uh, all this time off work, but he's like. Um, pulling a Swifty on you. He was in Canada fighting for Australia. So the deputy principal um, has taken that um, to the principal, right? And he said, you know, um, what's going on? And what they did before they had a discussion with Carmelo, the deputy principal contacted the employee of the Taekwondo, the Australian Taekwondo Association. So they wanted their facts before they pulled him in and she confirmed that Carmelo over the telephone she did confirm that Carmelo had been selected for the Australian team and that he did go to Canada and that he was photographed for the team photo whilst he was in Canada <laughs> and the photo was on the website of the World Taekwondo Association or whatever it is right shit so Carmelo it, what are you doing mate Carmelo's <laughs> fucked himself mate right so, Carmelo. <laughs> buddy, buddy um, so they get on the website and have a look and sure enough, there's the latest uh, photograph from this world championship and Camelo's in the picture, right? And he's obviously competed for Australia. So they've called him into the principal's office and they've sat him down. As he denied and it. And said, well, the principal asked the teacher if he was in Canada instead of undergoing knee surgery, as he had said. And the teacher again denied that he had been in Canada. So imagine that. Imagine this, right? You've said, I'm having knee surgery, blah, blah, blah. And you know you've gone overseas. And then you get called into the principal's office with the deputy principal. They're sitting behind the desk. You walk in. They say, please sit down, Carmelo. And you say, you sit down. And they're like, you've been a naughty boy, Carmelo. Like, you've gone to Canada and been fighting in the Taekwondo championships. And then what's your first response going to be? No, I wasn't. <laughs> Carmelo might not be the smartest guy because wouldn't you have thought that if they've uh, asked you that, the game's up, the jig's up. But no, he wanted to, he doubled down. <laughs> he said, no, I I was not in Canada. He denied he'd been in Canada. I did not have and sex with that woman. I did not have sex with that woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Monica Lewinsky, I did not. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then he, right, so then the principal went, okay, then. So he presented the teacher with the team photos and the report from Canada. So 
they've opened this secret dossier and they've opened this file up and they've pulled the pictures out. And you reckon Carmelo's starting to get a bit sweaty around the crutch by now? Well, I think, I think he was sweaty as soon as he got called in. And they've thrown it out on the table and they've said, well, how do you explain this then? And then eventually said, well, yes, I was in Canada and I did not have any surgery. And so the principal stated to the teacher that, um, no, sorry, Carmelo stated to the principal that, um, well, it's your fault. It's your fault because you didn't give me enough time off to go and compete. So I was backed into a corner. Principal um, said that uh, his, ter- his employment was terminated um, due to his deceit and deception. And then the panel subsequently suspended, the VIT panel I'm talking about, subsequently suspended Carmelo's VIT registration and he was... Um, prevented from teaching for a certain period of time. So is he honestly, back in the that was game? quite an interesting thing. Is he back you know, in the like game? when you take a day off work and you go, oh, I'm going to cricket today and uh, Jesus Christ, I just hope the TV doesn't zoom in on me or something <laughs> so everyone can say I'm at the cricket and not really in bed with the bloody flu or whatever. And I'll tell you what, um, I don't know. I just think, you know, if you're competing for Australia, that's probably not a very covert, um, you know, Operation. Um, a very good uh, operation, not a covert operation if you're on the world <laughs> stage competing in a world event. So that I think was covert, was not simple. COVID. Covert, not COVID. <laughs> I suppose the lesson is if you're going to lie and take the time off, don't go and compete for Australia in a world renowned sport. <laughs> That's right. probably the biggest we, lesson to learn from that we, episode of Dodgy Teachers. We want that. That was well done, Ralphie. But we want, Co- we want, we want Carmelo in next week. And we want to know what ultimately happened to him. Is he like uh, begging on a street corner? Is he busking down uh, Collins Street? Or is he back in the classroom somewhere? We're all dodgy in some way, aren't we, uh, Ralphie? Yeah, I'll, I'll, um, I'll agree with that comment. Dodgy? So. Yeah, I'm pretty dodgy. I get told I look dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we've been around the car park looking in cars and stuff like that. So <laughs> we better wrap this up, Ralphie, because we're going to run out of time. We've got different segments we can put in each week. Just quickly to wrap up this mm. week's uh, episode of Teacher Leaks. If you have ideas for Teacher Leaks, um, find a way you can contact us without our identities being revealed and then we'll, we'll, we'll gladly take it on. Is that, is that right, Ralphie? Oh, I think that's fair enough, uh, Fredo. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, I really look forward to uh, hearing what some of the uh, listeners out there think. And, um, you know, as for that bird at the start of the episode where you read out the letter, too bad. Don't like it. Switch off, lady. Now, I just want to leave you, Ralphie, with the past and present initiatives. By 1990, no Australian child will be living in poverty. Just very quickly, past initiative, E5. Yeah. Remember E5, yeah. Ralphie? Yeah. Tell me what yeah. the five E's stood for. Um, Jesus, you really got me over a barrel now. Um, Come on. Excellence. No. Um, um, elephant, I don't know. <laughs> so, so Ralphie, what do the E5 stand for? Yeah, can, you, you know what? Are you telling me out of all that money invested by the ministry to push E5, mm. you remember one part of it? I can honestly say to you, I cannot tell you one um, component of the E5 model. I used to be able to tell you, but I can't now. And 
you know what? It really doesn't make any difference to what I do in the classroom. So it's not a big loss. <laughs> Which just goes to prove, uh, Ralphie, why it just goes to show why I picked it and how, what bureaucrat got paid a truckload to sit in an office and come up with that. Totally. Oh, mate. From real life teaching and go, mm. I'm going to come up with this E5 model and it's going to revolutionise the world. And we can't even remember any of yeah. the components of it. And just for your knowledge, yep. just, just to refresh you, Ralphie, uh, yep. it's the five E's were engage, explore, explain, elaborate, evaluate. Oh, yes. Uh, no, no, no. That, uh, that is correct. I do, I, look, I do recall it, but whatever. And current you know, initiative, like, I want to talk about very quickly, Ralph, a current one that's dear to your heart and ties into the Dunning-Kruger mm -hmm. is, is our performance and development culture, our performance and development plans. What are you doing to enhance your performance and development? And just to tie it back to our Dunning-Kruger, we haven't even done our performance development plans from last year, let alone. <laughs> signed off. <laughs> well, look, I don't know what your school's no doing, mate, but my school, my school's right on top of that PDP stuff. So I don't say I agree with it. I mean, whatever's going on in your school, like I'm shut back and you not do it. Like I thought that was a requirement, like a steadfast requirement. Obviously not for some schools, but um, look. You're a, everyone knows it's a fast. Everyone knows it's just a box that everyone's ticking just to get through the, the process. I will say this, that is a, um, that's a process that um, the union agreed to for more cash. So well done union. Thanks for giving everyone a PDP mate. So um, what have they done now? They've given us a PDP, they've taken off us um, a choice of um, computer, the union, so we can't have a Mac anymore. And uh, yeah, they did great jobs, the union. So I've probably pissed off a lot of um, teacher listeners out there because obviously I'm not a union guy, but uh, you know, sometimes I reckon unions are more trouble than they're worth, to be honest with you. Here we go, Donald. Especially when they, especially, Alan. Especially, Here especially when they, <laughs> especially <laughs> yeah. when they give you, especially when they give you a PDP process. I mean, what a farce that is, mate. God. Oh, I look, I totally agree with you from a lefty to a righty, uh, that it is just tick box bloody diplomacy. Tick it off, send it up right. the next bloke, tick the box, send it to the next bloke. Yeah. Anyway, I'm glad you didn't have to do it. That works out well. Future initiative, um, Ralphie, just before we sign off, because we're running out of time very quickly. Last episode, new forecast, the eradication of personal pronouns in mm. um, the next mm. government initiative, which I reckon is probably, yeah. probably on the go. Mine, my turn this week, Ralphie, and I reckon yeah. with the current state, COVID-19, uh, we've proved that we can do stuff online, et cetera, et cetera. I reckon the no, um, ministry no. is going to come out and say, you don't need staff meetings anymore, guys. Oh, I'll tell you what, if they did that, I would hands down agree to the PDP. Like I'm forced to do it anyway, but I'd be like, yep, yeah, let's do PDP. So I'll tell you what, if we could have a staff meeting online, let's do that. But I'll switch my screen off. So it looks like I'm in the meeting, but I'll just walk away, mate. So <laughs> um, get an agenda, keep the agenda. Anyway, that's about all we've got the time for this week on Teacher mm. Leaks. We hope you've enjoyed yep. it. We've got lots we could fit in. We could make this two and a half hours, Ralphie. Oh, you could easily do that. There's so many uh, ideas to talk about, but this is running out of time for So, so uh, everyone, keep looking forward to the next one. That our microphones are on, and we've got some audio this week because 
You're going to see some two very upset gentlemen if we don't. I won't be back otherwise, mate, so I'll tell you what, it's better be bloody on. <laughs> week three, bring it on. Thanks, Ralph. We'll catch you all next week. I'll let you know, Ralph, whether the microphones work, but have a good week, mate, in isolation. All right, and uh, same to you and same to all the listeners out there. See you later. Okay, bye-bye. Oh